I'm Jamie. And I'm Nikisha, and this is Talking Horror with Jamie. And Nikisha. Where we share our love for spooky things and talk horror through the lens of human behavior. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, welcome. (laughs) Now that we have uh, our our YouTubes up, too. Hey, people who are actually watching this on here. What up? Hello. Good to see our faces because we still can't see your faces. But hey, (laughs) here we are. (laughs) We are here. We are here. And here is where we'll stay to talk about a doozy of a movie. I was about to say musical. I don't know what I'm looking at, Hamilton things. Um, A doozy. I do not want to see a Sleepaway Camp musical. (laughs) It's like, oh my God. Truly, the movie Camp with Anna Kendrick, sorry, yeah. I just popped in my head, and Sleepy Wake just melded into one, and then there it is, right there. Brian, produce it. Make it so. No. Maybe don't. Maybe don't. <laughs> Maybe steer. Steer clear. Oh, hard no. Okay. Well, you know, I did, I, I did write a Sleepaway Camp musical, not based on this, from my own experience. I went to Sleepaway Camp for many years. Oh, I can't wait to ask you questions and reference the movie that we're talking about, yeah. which we've already said. Yeah. But can't today, wait for you to sing. Oh, yeah. Uh, also yeah. But I mean, <laughs> some of the stuff in here is absolutely from when I went to camp. And we'll talk. We'll get into that. I'll, I'll let Ooh. you continue your intro. <laughs> Love that. Well, no. I mean, not the things you may think. <laughs> <laughs> Today's going to be fun, guys. Woo-hoo. Lots to discuss because we are talking about the 1983 American slasher and cult classic, question mark, Sleepaway <laughs> Camp. Hey, Baba Reba. Hey, hey, Baba Reba. What the hell are you doing here? I bet the rest of the boys will be interested in seeing you. Hey, Kenny, you scared all the chicks away. That's Kenny. Love him and leave him. <laughs> now, this movie was written and directed by Robert Hiltzik. And this is the first of five in the chain, guys. There are five of these movies, okay? <laughs> this one, though, the OG, it stars Felissa Rose, Catherine Kami, Karen Fields, Paul D'Angelo, Mike Kellen, and Christopher Cullett. Now, heavy, heavy spoilers for the movie Sleepaway Camp. We will be talking about everything and obviously the twist at the end, which we'll dive heavily into in our brains and mental health section. Jamie, are there trigger warnings for this? I'm sure there are. Oh my God. Like what isn't a trigger warning for this movie? There's just so much. (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm. There's a lot. I mean, there is a lot of insides on the outsides, but like it's all a lot of practical effects, but it's still pretty gross. Um, So if, you know, if that's not for you, but also like there's just, you know, references to sexual assault. There's transphobia. There's homophobia. Um, there is a lot of poor representations of mental health and mental illness. Uh, lots of misogyny, lots of toxic masculinity. Lots of yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Just very gross, heavy-handed, like, assaulty, weird. Ugh. Um, yeah, I don't know who this movie's for, so... <laughs> Uh, you know, I'd, go ahead. I'd also like to put out a trigger warning for uh, Ronnie's package. What? What? Uh, Ronnie, the camp like counselor, the camp like the boys director, whatever it is, with his little tight shorts the whole entire time. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna comment on that. Remind. Let's let's circle <sighs> back yeah. to Ronnie's shorts because I definitely have a comment about that. But before we get into all the things, because I think we're just like ready to throw up everything that is sleepaway camp. Uh, Brian, producer Brian, I think you have some some words for us. Yeah, absolutely. Just some housekeeping up front. Um, would love for everyone to subscribe to us on our new YouTube channel. Uh, you get these episodes uh, live, not live, live to tape, but recordings 
Hello, I'm waving to you if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening, head over to our YouTube page. It's in the description of this episode um, and subscribe there. Um, additionally, follow us on all social media at Talk Horror Pod. At Talk Horror Pod, uh, we are on TikTok, we are on Instagram, we are on uh, Twitter. So check us there. Um, I am currently doing a rewatch with Jamie. Uh, of all the Nightmare on Elm Street uh, movies, um, uh, it's not even a rewatch; it's a watch through because I we, the, between the two of us, I think we've only really seen like two or three of them total. Um, so that's cool. And then I'm going to be doing a uh, Friday the Thirteenth watch through. Um, I've only seen the first one and Jason X, and so it'll culminate in one big Freddy versus Jason. Uh, so follow me on. Uh, 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 Follow Talk Horror Pod as I talk through all of that on TikTok. We watch trailers there as well. So uh, check all that out. Follow us everywhere. Okay, back to you, Nikisha and Jamie. Yes, I cannot wait for you to get to Freddy versus Jason. It's just going to be such a great culmination of all things. Okay, Nikisha, (laughs) you've seen most of these. You've seen more of these movies than Jamie and I. Mm -hmm. Who do you think we will be rooting for in Freddy versus Jason? Jason, hands down. Oh, really? You think we'll both be pro-Jason? I think Hmm. by the time you watch all of Nightmare and watch all of Friday the 13th, in your knowledge, then you will be going for Jason. But I can't wait for you to tell me when when that happens. (laughs) Fantastic. Great. Thank you. Back to you and, and Sleepaway Camp. In Sleepaway Camp. So let's just get into it. We need a two-minute plot summary. So Brian or Jamie, it's up to you. Watch the plot. <laughs> All right, Jamie, I'll do it. Can you okay. – uh, Yeah, I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> Thank you for sacrificing yourself for the greater good. <laughs> All right. So Absolutely. we are setting a timer for two minutes for you to – to the best of your abilities, describe the this very thorough plot. Are you ready okay. for the challenge? I'm I'm I have never been more ready in my whole entire <laughs> life. <laughs> All right. Three, two, one. What is Sleepaway Camp about? Sleepaway Camp is about wild things that happen in Sleepaway Camp. We open up on a lake, uh, and this dad is uh, on a boat with his two kids. They're, you know, messing around. They push him into the water. Um, A man tells them to come back in because the cousins are coming. Cool, great. But then uh, there's a boating accident where some young teens um, hit them uh, and kill the father and and kill the – and kill the son – uh, and so then we flash forward nine years later, we find out that the daughter survived and she is living with her aunt and cousin. Um, she, the aunt is a little kooky, but hands them their physicals, um, and sends them off to sleepaway camp. Um, and then at sleepaway camp, her cousin, Ricky, uh, is one of her is, is honestly is a spectacular cousin really takes care of her, watches out for her. She's very quiet. Obviously, she still has some trauma from what happened. Um, And then basically every time that someone is mean to her or something happens to her, that person dies, whether it's the cook, whether it is some of the bullies, whether it is um, one of the girl bullies in her bunk. Anyway, the owner, for some reason, thinks it's a cousin. Um, Long story short, we get to the end and it's revealed that the – uh, boy survived, but the aunt decided to raise the boy as a girl. And so the last shot is that we find out that the killer was um, Angela or Peter, and we see Peter's penis. And uh, that is the end of the movie. We also find out that like her dad was secretly gay. His dad was secretly gay. Uh, we'll get into that. That's Sleepaway Camp. Also, lots of Sleepaway Camp shenanigans. I would argue this is more of a camp movie than it is a slasher movie. Yes. Good job with 10 seconds left on the clock. Oh, I have 10 more seconds. I will use that to say. And there's also Ronnie's package. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, yes. So a lot to unpack there uh, with Ronnie's package and such. So (laughs) that was just for you, Brian, you know, coming with puns. Thank Um, you. Thank you. Let's get into our first segment, 
which is likes and gripes. And now are likes and gripes. So, Jamie, could you start us off? Tell us, actually tell us, well, I'll say this. This is all of our first time watching this movie. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So none mm-hmm. of us have seen this before. And I dare to say, you know, because we love to watch our watch mojos, top tens, whatever. I did I did not remember seeing the twist at all in any of those. So that was also a surprise to me. Is mm-hmm. that a surprise for all of y'all too? Not for me. Okay. So you knew. Okay. Well, go ahead with your, it, your life. It was a surprise for me. Okay. Yes. So, so yeah. So never saw this movie before. I feel like it's been on a lot of people's lists. Like, oh, you have to see this movie again, like the watch mojo thing. Um, so like I've had it on my list for a while. I did, however, know, I knew what the twist was, but like, I didn't really, I just figured, you know, generic slasher film, but like (laughs) nothing, Nothing made sense about this movie. Um, I mean, even for at its heart being a slasher film, like I guess some of the kills were okay, but some of them were gross and I hated them and were very upsetting. So I feel like I feel like the people who recommend this movie have way more nostalgia for it, and that's why they love this movie. Because I mean, we talk about you know, properties that we have a lot of nostalgia for and we hold them very dearly, even if they're not always the best things, but like we just, we value and appreciate them because of the relationship we have with them. Um, I have no relationship to this movie and I'm okay if I never watch it ever again. I don't even know if I can recommend this movie to anyone because it's just so, it's just bonkers. Um, I mean, I like, I like summer camp. That's my like. My gripe is everything else about this movie. <laughs> um, I like there. The aunt is like very strange, and obviously we know that she's like mentally ill later on. But like, I didn't even understand what her shtick was in the beginning, mm, and like mm-hmm. when she's like, oh, I put this. I tied this to my finger so I wouldn't forget. And I was like, okay, like, tell me what you didn't forget. Like, I can't really It's like, what is going on? And man, <laughs> the, the, the cousin who, the, who was the cousin? Ricky. Now I'm forgetting Rick, all of it. Yeah. Ricky. Mm-hmm. Um, Ricky has so much patience for his mom. Um, I mean, he's, he's like the best character in my opinion in this whole movie. He's like, He's incredibly kind and empathetic towards Angela. I'm going to call her Angela, mm-hmm. I, I think. I don't really know what I should be calling her. I also I, – I read something about how, like, in future movies, she does use, like, she, her pronouns and, and like, is fully accepting her identity as a woman. We'll get into all of that. I don't I don't oh, get it. My um, <laughs> but at least in this, like that's not how it's being portrayed. Mm-mm. So I'm just confused. Um, I hate how like all of these camp counselors are like disgusting and like molesters. Like, how did they all get jobs? I was a I was a college uh, not a college counselor. I was a camp counselor when I was younger and like in college, like for the summer. And mm-hmm. worked for a town camp. And I, like, they did background checks on me, even though I was, like, a young person. But, like, they don't want, you know, like, weirdos hanging right. out with kids all day. Like, why are all all of these adults, most, I will say, most of these adults were very strange. And, like, I mean, the owner shouldn't be owning a summer camp exactly. um, when he's, like, accusing a young child of murdering people and then tries to murder. Why child. don't you call the police? I just, like, don't understand. I don't understand anybody's choices. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't – like, everyone is so unnecessarily mean. Like, the bullying, like, just it seems so wild and out of context for reality. I'm just like – why do they care? Why do they care so much? And also like some counselors knew what the, what the deal was that like Angela slash Peter is shy and like, you know, were, were very empathetic and caring, but Mm -hmm. then like the one in her bunk was so awful to her. Like it just doesn't, it just, this movie makes no sense to me. Yes. I think it was because, and just to, to piggyback on that, I think it's just because there was no motivation 
for any of the things happening for anyone, which made it just so unrealistic. And people were not peopling in this. Like we talk people about- People were not peopling. People were not peopling. At all. <laughs> we, we talk about human behavior all the time. And this movie just screamed, what the hell is going on? Because none of y'all are making any type of logical, rational decisions. And one of my main, main gripes was that even though some people didn't know that these kids were literally dead, some <laughs> of the counselors did, some of the kids, and there's like no remorse. Your friend you just saw yesterday came up in a lake and was dead, and you're just going on and saying, okay, let's go play capture the flag, guys, to take our <laughs> like, minds off what? the fact that somebody just died. Like, that, <laughs> that made me so mad that there yeah. was no, nobody had any sympathy for anybody dying it was yeah. just like we have to keep this train going by any means necessary i know you counselors are not making that much money for no. you guys to, to say oh yeah no. uh-huh, i'm just gonna keep my mouth shut and, and keep taking care of these kids that are just dying one by one no what? i certainly was not making enough money to be to be working at the summer camp where there's like a, a murderer on the loose actively killing children and adults, why are we still operating? Like, get everyone yes. the hell out of here. Tell them to go home. And then when the director was like, okay, now I got to make the the unfortunate call of talking to their parents and telling them. Jeez, people are died. dead. What is wrong with you? Why did you decide to open a summer camp in the first place if you don't care about kids? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. It makes absolutely no sense. No, there are absolutely a million ways to make money besides just forging along with this, with this summer camp, just to, because Jamie, you've said most of, of my gripes, but I going through my notes, I just want to point out to the public that when the opening scene happened and then we flash forward, you know, there's a lingering shot of the one kid that is alive. And then we say, Oh, oh it's, I said, <laughs> And then when we got back and then there was a girl and the guy, I was like, oh, to think it's myself, Ricky. I was like, oh, well, maybe that's the guy. And I was like, oh, wait, no, that's not the boy. I thought the, I thought the boy lived. Thank you, I Nikisha. Nikisha. <laughs> Nikisha. <laughs> I was waiting for this. <laughs> Nikisha. What? The shot at the, be- the shot at the beginning of the movie when the kid floats up is 100% and clearly the boy who pops out of the water. I yes. was very confused when yes. the boy and the girl were like there in the next scene. Cause I was like, Oh, I, I, I just like it. And then honestly, I just, I was like, okay, this is a dumb eighties movie. Maybe they just like edited it stupidly or whatever. Mm-hmm, I did mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. think it was intentional, but like if, if I was actually like, okay, so I did not know the ending to this movie. However, I know that this is like a um, a game changing ending. It's a it's an important ending. I mean, I'm not saying it is important. I'm just saying that like it's always been presented as like, do you know the end of Sleepaway Camp or like it changed the game or like things like that. I thought going into this movie, my guess was that the girl who's the main character and quiet was the was the killer so i just assumed that angela was the killer the whole time because i thought that was the twist in an early 80s movie the young girl is the murderer and like mm, and yeah. and the the main character we're following along this whole time actually is the murderer i thought that was the innovation from 1983 mm. um and so that's why I just threw out the fact that we clearly see the boy pop up at the end because you see you see the dad floating away, you see a yes. life jacket behind him, and then you see the boy float up, and then it's nine years later, whatever it is. And I just threw that out the window because I'm like, I already know, I, I already know Angela's the killer, even though I don't know. And like, right, right, right. But I, I could not. Literally, I don't think we've, I've agreed with you a million times on this podcast. I've never agreed with you more. We actually went, when we finished the movie, we went back to that scene. We went back to the weird flashback scene and we went back to, um, when just before Judy is killed, who's in the doorway. Mm, Yes. Uh huh. Yes. We'll cover all that. But I, and after I went back and watched all, I was like, okay, this is my last time watching this film. (laughs) 
Absolutely. I just, I can't, Brian, you can continue on with your license cards. Cause I, I, after that, that just took the cake when I got to the ending and I was thinking, and I was right all along, what the hell? Because, and, and thinking in my mind, I mean, Brian, that's smart of you to just say, oh, that's the innovation is that the quiet girl is the killer. And that's enough. My brain was still like, they showed this, they had to have shown this for a reason. This opening scene, there's some connection. So maybe the 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 survivor is like a, a Jason figure that like comes and just kills mm. counselors because the counselors killed the father and sure, the sibling. Sure, sure. So that was where my brain was until you get into it and then you're thinking, oh, wait, no, they're talking about Angela as if she's the one that, and that's why she's quiet because her siblings died and her parent died and what the hell? And it, yes, it just made no sense to me, but yeah. keep going, Brian, tell me, tell me any other uh, likes. Okay. Likes. <laughs> likes for this movie. I actually think that this gets a lot of summer camp correct in terms of like, I, I had bullies. Kids are mean at summer camps when there aren't parents around. <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? I, we were talking about this because I was like, like, what about this was similar? And you were like, you were like, yeah, people, people pranked me. Um, and then you told me it was the counselors. No. Yeah. No. So what no. happened? She was like, I was like, yeah, like the, the shaving cream in the hand and making them hit their face. Like we used to do that all the time. And then, and then, and then she was like, you were a bully. I was like, no, they did it to me. And then the counselors <laughs> even did it one night. But like, it's very yeah. mean. I think yeah. it's rude. It's like kids were mean. They were, they were absolutely bullies. You know what I mean? Like, like it was, it was a lot of that was real, but also you're also friends with people. Like, like that one kid yeah. caught the ball in the outfield and people like said, great job. But then they would torture him at night. Like that, this, that was, that dynamic is very real. Um, mm um and stuff like that but like you make friendships that last forever like you know you're horny 13 year olds like just trying to make out with like girls and boys like sneaking out of the bunks like also the counselors are horny you know what i mean like so they're trying to like you know hook up with other counselors and stuff like that i i'm not saying what melded is appropriate that's not at all what i'm saying <laughs> right but so I, I think that was okay also, like, and the 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 language that they use, like the all the cursing and stuff, and all the like mean stuff they would say to each other, like one hundred percent. Like, I wrote down some of these, like, this guy blows dead dogs, eat shit and die, eat shit and live. Also, is there a better baseball scene, Twilight or this? Um, <gasps> oh my god, am I twelve twelve seven? Uh, you queer or something? A real carpenter's dream. Like, there's like so many wild movies and uh, lines in this movie, but. One thing that I will say that I actually really liked about this. Okay, this is going to be, I don't know, controversial maybe. I think that this movie and what the twist is, is awful. It just presents everything that we are trying to work towards changing. It presents it in such a negative light in terms of like transgender representation, the idea of gender in general, that like if you if you're, you're a murderer, if you like are holding something in, like all that stuff is terrible. However, because the movie leans into it and subscribes to that, I think that a lot of the thematic things that this movie does is fascinating. There's no nudity in this movie for an 80s um, slasher movie. Uh, One. Two, this is – our dog is barking because he's he's totally agrees with me. But (laughs) two – the fact that I know we're joking about Ronnie's package, but they're clearly highlighting the parts of all of these characters um, that like their genitalia and stuff like that. And then there's that weird flashback scene where like they see their dad like cheating on the mom with another man. And we find out that like the dad brings them to like the, the woman, uh, the dad brings them, I guess, to the partner's house in the lake and then film is coming. I'm not really sure what that's all about, but then there's that scene that's, that's shifting around the bed where the kids are pointing at each other. And you think that she was, and that all happens when, um, what's his name? Polly is uh, trying to, trying to, you know assault her or you know trying to make out with her on the beach which is to assault um and uh and so you think in that moment the red herring there is like you think that she was maybe sexually assaulted by her brother maybe maybe like they're saying something very negative about homosexuality there that like her dad seeing that her seeing her dad like changed or whatever but in reality it's a foreshadowing to the fact that like 
the boy is the girl, the girl is the boy, and they're spinning around the bed, and they do that crossfade where, like, Peter and Angela's faces kind of, like, are the same in that mm-hmm. moment. I think this is a really excellent thematic filmmaking for a theme that is garbage and awful. Does that yeah. make sense? Like, like you could you could make some interesting choices, even though your ultimate choice, the the, like, aggression of a transgender person, essentially, is, yes. like truly terrible um so i think those are some of my likes that like they kind of went for it but they went for the wrong things um some another like i think the practical effects are pretty good in this like the boiling skin the bee stings on that um i think (laughs) even though i don't think those kills are great because like you're not seeing anything it's all like after fact um Mm -hmm. I love the quirky 80s stuff where like people are yelling for way too long and they don't cut away from it Oh my god, that beginning scene yeah. with the girl who is like water skiing, who's like, man, is she like acting for her life? Is screaming at the top of her lungs in the water. Oh my god! Like it's just like wild. Truly. And it's it's so like you said, Brian, it's so uncomfortable. Like the her just being still and and screaming for somebody to get get an ambulance or something. Like yeah. it, Mm, terrible also also the, him screaming on the ground uh after the molester after he's poured the hot water <gasps> on him he screams yes. for so long i mean god we deserve but like he screams for so long um some other things that i really liked about this movie <clears throat> uh some of my favorite lines were uh i thought you were the killer um mm. uh also the age range of these children is wild at this camp Yes. Um, you're a real peckerhead. You know that, Meg? Great line. Um, do you have to kiss so wet? Great line. Uh, when the <laughs> cop's in the woods and he's like, found one. It's like, what game are we playing? We were find, trying to find dead children. That was right. wild. Um, oh, my God. Also, that cop's mustache of you freezing. I literally was about to say that. Oh, Is it God. real? Is, Is it, it real? Uh, That's the game. Is his mustache. <laughs> And we know it's not. So yes, yeah, um, <laughs> we win. <laughs> and then other things I like about this movie are, um, I, I, th- <laughs> I also think that like, oh, here's another one. I got to take a wicked dump. So I'll see you guys down there. <laughs> yes. uh, something that doesn't make sense is he wants to consolidate all the kids. Cause there are 25 left. First of all, he's like, in, like only two boys have died up until that point. And the chef, But, like, you're going to consolidate. You only have 25. Like, who's actually going to this camp if there's only 25 kids left? Also, as Jamie pointed out, I was watching it. Some of the kids are, like, six or seven. The other ones are, like, Ricky and and Angela and Paul's age. Like, there's, like, it's like doing Grease where the only characters in the high school are, like, the characters with lines. Like, it's, like, it's, like, why is Rydell High so empty all the time? Um, Anyway, I, I like parts of this. I hated what this movie represents and what it is. Um, but I will say, I had a great time for an hour and a half until the last twist. And then I was like, oh, I feel yucky for having a great time for an hour and a half. And yeah. then I'm like, and then I'm out. And then I had to rewind it to watch those scenes. But those are my, those are my high-level likes and gripes. Truly high-level for the lowest of lowest level yeah. of, we, of film. So, I have a question for you, Jim, before we go into our next segment. Mm-hmm. Uh, two things. One, who, I want to talk about the Judy scene. Yes. The killing scene. Who was that at the door? How did they film that? Do we think that that was Ricky? Do we think that that was Angela, like, purposely dressed as a boy in that sequence? Like, I, I'm still confused, and I tried doing some reading. I didn't find much. And two... Um, I didn't get this. Jamie had to kind of uh, nudge me in the direction, and I saw it on Wikipedia. Uh, Nikisha, I have a question for you also. How was Judy killed? I had to read the Wikipedia. You did? I did the same thing because I, uh, first off, I was laughing at the fact that there's a pillow over her face, and then you just see the shadow of the iron, but then both of her hands are just in the air. Mm. Not fighting people, not fighting somebody off, 
which was so frustrating. Just straight, just straight in the air, just hands, hands in the air when she could have done so many other things to get out of that situation. So to answer your point, I did not know what was happening, but I read the Wikipedia to try to make sense of that flashback and all of the unt things because my theories about that were going all which way. And then when they said that, I, you don't get that from watching the movie that that's how Judy died. And it's unfortunate with the, I forgot about looking at the, the, the guy in the um, doorway and it looked like it was Ricky or somebody dressed up like a boy. So maybe she was dressing up like a boy. I also said to myself, the first couple of kills it, the hands it, they did not look like little girl hands. It looked sure. like a male was, you know, even though it's still a, a young male. Um, but I just think that a lot of stuff just didn't add up <laughs> in in this in general. So, yeah, I I don't know why they'd have that shot in the doorway. Maybe it was something that they had and they did back. Red herring, maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe. And then, oh, my God. And then at the very end where she's caressing, what's his name, Polly's head and that that whole thing and actually brian there is nudity because at the very end they had to show his penis well that, that, sure that's what i mean <laughs> what yeah. i mean is like that's the only time they show they actually yeah. show any nudity because like the idea that like I, I was i was genuinely surprised that there were no like gratuitous sex scenes For sure. and there were no Same. like just like boobies in the woods like I was just like genuinely surprised for an 80s camp movie and mm-hmm. it made sense once they shocked you with the reveal there 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 there's a like questioning of like uh but they're like his 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 package is protruding you have like Judy with her name over her boobs in the shirt like in that mm-hmm. in that one scene you know you have um Angela being freaked out when like someone's trying to go into her shirt um, you know, the, even in the yeah. shower scenes, like a, any, like they don't show any of that stuff. Oh, and they do show the butts when they're um, when they're skinny dipping, but everybody has a butt. <laughs> yes. You know, every everybody has yes. a butt. <laughs> yes. I mean, I, except for a spoiler, except for in fresh at the end, they do not have butts. Oh no. Um, okay yeah uh, yeah so i just thought that was fascinating uh, in general that that actually surprised me a lot but i understand why they did it yes on that note let's go on to our mm, butt brains <laughs> section hmm <laughs> <laughs> but tina belcher would be so happy uh so Let's talk about oh how the human behavior and everything is. Before I ask Jamie to give me her thoughts about everything that is so transphobic and awfully tropey about this, I want to ask just the general, what was the worst? All of the kills were pretty bad, but like, what was the worst one for you? As in, this is absolutely the stupidest thing I've seen. What do you think, Jamie? Because <laughs> uh, I was, my first thought was going to be um, the, like, the rapey kill. Um, but yeah. I don't think that's the stupidest. I just feel like it's the most unnecessary and, like, what yes. it implies makes me very mad. Um, I mean, I guess the stupidest is, like, <laughs> why'd she hack those like very tiny children who were camping. <laughs> they threw sand at her and she murdered them with a hatchet in their sleeping bags and none of them woke up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jamie had to explain that to me. Actually, when she was being pulled out of the water and the kids were throwing sand at her, Jamie started laughing. She was like, the kids are throwing sand at her. And then I wouldn't have like picked up on that. Like that's the only reason I put two and two together that like she killed right. the kids because they threw sand at her. Yes. <laughs> Wild. It's like the, 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 <laughs> the reasons, I, I mean, I, I guess like, you know, you probably shouldn't have reasons to want to murder people. However, in the context of this, the reasons for her to kill people are getting more and more insane. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't know. Most of them are pretty awful, but like Billy dies by bees because he threw water balloons. Yes. But also 
he's in a stall that he could crawl out the bottom and or top of. Well, he's pooping. Mm mm. I don't. Mm mm. Well, you got. You can move. Move if, and poop. If, if there are bees and I need to get out of there, I'm. I don't care if there's a poop hanging out of my tushy. I am <laughs> army crawling under the under that. Under the stall and get <sighs> out of there. Yeah. What is it? A Maybe it was head, a European a head, toilet. A turtle head popping out. Yeah, it was a European Aww. toilet. It goes all the way to the bottom. <laughs> oh no! I've never heard turtle head. I've heard prairie dogging. Oh, prairie dogging. Gross. Yeah. Oh, okay. Ugh. Well, speaking on the motivation of <laughs> speaking of poops, uh, <laughs> speaking on the motivation of of killing people, Jamie, can you just give me your thoughts about the trope of suppress suppressing one's identity and then that leads to murderous behavior and how toxic that can be? But also, can you talk about the the general trauma? of someone who has to or has been suppressing who they are, you know, because of whatever reason and how that can manifest itself in negative ways, not necessarily murderous ways. Yeah. The, the first part of like gender dysphoria and the impact that it can have on an individual is Mm -hmm. like, cool. Thank you for bringing awareness to this. I am happy that you are using film as a medium to bring awareness to like, you know, when you're forced to perform, you know, an identity that doesn't feel like you, Mm. that that can have a negative impact. However, it immediately becomes problematic when you are implying that gender dysphoria equals lunatic, lunatic, lunatic (laughs) murderer. I know we're talking about something serious, but lunatic is truly maybe the best thing that we've said on this podcast. A lunatic, like a lunatic maniac, like attack is truly uh, transcendent. A lunatic. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Uh, oh that was not intentional. That was a brain fart of massive proportions. A brain um, genius. Okay. Uh, but yeah, again, it's like they took something and then they like, tur- they spun it into something that's like really offensive and like harmful um, and is only like, you know, perpetuating unhelpful beliefs around transgender folks and like that they're, you know, that there continues to be a narrative to this day um, around transgender and non-binary folks. And like, this is not helping the cause by any means. But again, the, the small piece that I, you know, that would have been great if they spent actual time on mm-hmm. is like the gender dysphoria piece and like just how distressing that can be to an individual to like not be able to express their true identity, their gender expression, their gender role like in the ways that are true to who they are. Yeah, absolutely. With the the trauma at the beginning or with Angela being very quiet, we think that that is a result of maybe because she saw her father and brother be killed, but it could also just be a, because she's hiding behind all of the other things that we find out at the end. Someone who experiences loss, is it common for somebody to kind of be quiet or stop talking in that way? Or is that kind of a, a TV fantasize or exaggeration of a trauma response? Just like like shutting down and not being as verbal? Yeah, because I mean, at the, it's so weird too, because <clears throat> the movie, it makes it seem like she's not going to talk really at all at all. But mm-hmm. then she does because of I was, that surprised way, me because I was like, yeah. cool, I'm all in on like her just being silent this whole time. And right. then she started talking and it like, I was like, oh, okay. Like, I wonder where this is going to go now. Not in a good direction, but like right. that was interesting. Yeah. So but, yeah. Is that something that could be a, a trauma response is it's completely shutting down. And, and, and I guess I'm asking to not talk completely ever again. I mean, yeah. Like I think it's, I don't, it's definitely not impossible. Maybe it's like on the rarer side. I think shutting down as an overarching category as a response to a traumatic event, like totally way more plausible is very possible. Yeah. Um, 
It reminds me of, um, and now I'm not going to remember exactly what it was, but there was a (laughs) book that I read when I was in like middle school or high school about, uh, like a young student who I think is like, not, she's silent, she's mute, but it's like after she experienced a traumatic event, Mm -hmm. um, I think it was called speak. And I think they made a movie out of it too. Um, and I think Kristen Stewart was in it, but I could be wrong. I don't know. Producer Brian, you want to fact check me on that? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean like that's – it's not like totally uncommon. Maybe it's even – I you know, I'm also not a child therapist, but mm-hmm. I feel like that might be a more likely uh, like trauma response in a younger person and a child as opposed to an adult who experienced a trauma. Yeah. Um, so like – yeah, maybe in terms of like child development stuff, like it's understandable that she's a bit more reserved and like, you know, isolating herself socially because of what she experienced. Okay. Uh, Speak is a 2014 drama starring Kristen Stewart about a freshman high school student, Melinda, who refused to speak ever Mm -hmm. since she was, she called the cops on a party uh, on a summer party um, with her friends snubbing her for being a rat and her parents too busy to notice her troubles, she folds into herself trying to hide the real secret that star senior Andy raped her at the party um, and uh, and then she finds solace in like one of her teachers at school or helps her or whatever it is. But yeah, that's speak. Gotcha. It has an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes actually. Oh, Okay. Yeah, that just kind of reminds me of uh, when we talked about us and how she was quiet. I mean, of course, we know the real reason why Mm -hmm. Red Not Red was was quiet. But But to be fair, Nikisha, you make a really good point in this in that the two most recent movies where someone has been silent, we think it's PTSD, but it's actually kind of something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is fascinating that the trope right. is saying this is why they're doing it. And our brains say that this is why they're not speaking because that's like movie trope. And right. it's actually mm-hmm. – that's part of the twist too. That's a, that's an excellent point. Yeah. Mm. I also just want to say I always feel yucky about the trope of somebody getting bullied and then it equals um, unaliving behavior. And I think mm-hmm. that that's was in watching that, that just really kind of stuck out to me just as it's with the way the world is now too. It just, it's very um, yucky to think that someone who is the victim, you know, of, of bullying, that's their only way, you know, of, of lashing out. <clears throat> that's just a side note. And it also reminds me, uh, Brian, you'll appreciate this of the boys and, um, Oh, why can I think of her character? Kamiko. Mm-hmm. And her trauma that she experienced, and so mm. she's silent throughout. But the rest of her life, she just does sign language. Now mm. she doesn't speak at all because of the things that she experienced. So it's always interesting how movies and TV or media portrays that kind of quote unquote trauma response uh, within characters. And for my more l- on media, uh, listen to our Nope episode. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Still talking about that with people. Yeah, for um, sure. My last thing, and I just want to know what your thoughts are about the unt and where the hell all that came from. Because I know they, didn't, they don't give us much, but for someone to just say, I have this child and I just want to change their gender. So here it is. Yeah, I, I truly, I mean, I don't have much on this because it just like doesn't makes sense because they didn't really explain it well. And I think like, you know, I mean, I also feel like how, how could you possibly explain this particular thing any better? Like, I don't think that there is an effective explanation. I think maybe like, you know, seeing, and again, I don't think this would have made it made make sense or even make me like this movie more, but like, maybe if we saw the aunt more than like for five minutes in the entirety of this movie, then maybe there would be more like clarity on, you know, why does the aunt act in this way? Like mm-hmm. what is her deal? Cause we only get the weird beginning scene where like, you know, she seems eccentric and forgetful, but not like significantly mentally ill. Exactly. Unclear if she's like, so 
you know, like deeply affected by, I mean, we don't even know if it's her brother that died or like, right. I don't think they clarify that. Or, Cause like, we don't know where the mom is. Well, I think it, I, I, we watched it. I'm almost positive. I'd have to watch it again, but I'm not going to. Um, <laughs> I think that, I think that the dad at the beginning says something that like, they're like, Oh, I wish mom could be here. Or maybe mom isn't here or something. I don't remember exactly what they say. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm pretty sure that he says your sister, the doctor is coming. Okay. Because so she's it the is doctor. His sister. I okay. think so. Um, Who gave this person a medical license? Yeah, right. What? Oh, like, here's another bad doctor in a movie. Yes. Oh, God. Just add it to the list. I can't. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Because she gives him the physicals and she's like, don't tell them how you got these physicals. Yes. Yep. So, so here's my question for you two if oh I can add God. on to mm, brains. Mm-hmm. Did Ricky know? It's mm. a great question. That Did Ricky know question. that that's part of the secret? Or when he says, so she says, the aunt says, don't tell anyone you got these physicals. And he's like, I would never tell anyone. Does that mean that just like he thinks that like parents shouldn't be giving kids physicals? Or mm. does he know that his cousin is actually Peter? Like, is that one of the secrets that Ricky is carrying? Is that why he's so. Um, overprotective of Angela does he is he just you know like you'd think that like at some point growing up like I don't know I I don't know just being together in the same household that in some way you walk showering or something like yeah. or like like a who's the boss like Angela sequence where they actually like I don't I don't I don't know yeah I don't know I don't know either because then that makes me question his friend Polly trying to get with Angela and how Ricky would react and and feel to that. You know, I don't like, think he knew. Okay. I, I don't think that think he, I don't knew. Think he knew. Yeah. Because because of like what you're saying, but also like I just think genuinely, I mean, again, they explain it very poorly, but I think that, you know, Aunt Martha just like from that moment was like, this is what I'm doing. And then like like, you know, concealed it because she was talking about concealing it, the the true identity in her own home. So like, who's to say that Ricky would have ever found that information out? um, Unless like Angela slash Peter told Ricky him herself. Yeah. Just such bad, just such bad writing. Ugh. Uh, any other thoughts about the human behavior, any of this? I just want to know how on earth are there more of these movies? That right. that blows my mind more than anything else. Like, where do you go from here? I was I was reading about it. Apparently, they recast, uh, what's her name, uh, Angela, uh, uh, with uh, Bruce Springsteen's sister, Pamela Springsteen, plays her <laughs> in uh, – Sleepaway Camp 2 and 3. Uh, I think their Sleepaway Camp 4 is a direct sequel and a lot of the, the same director as the original and a lot of the people came back for it. Um, I think it takes place at a different camp. 2 and 3 take place at a different camp where Angela is a counselor or something like that and she like retains her like she, she she's a she her and um, uh, something to that effect. I, I did some brief reading on them. Um, because I was just fast. I don't want to watch them, but I was fascinated by this chain. Um, and then there was a direct yeah. to sequel. I didn't even know there was a fifth one until you said it, Nikisha. <laughs> there, it's it's ridiculous. But I do actually now that I know that she is continuing her uh, Angela story. I just want to read <laughs> what what the rest right, of it is. Totally, just totally. to know. Just to know. Okay, so <sighs> shall we do some Rotten Tomatoes? See what this got. <laughs> Yeah, I am fascinated to see what you two think this Rotten Tomato score is. Okay, Nikisha, what do you think this Rotten Tomato score is? 21. Jamie, what do you think this is? 36. Wow, this has an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. Stop it. What? 
Sleepaway Camp is a standard teen slasher elevated by occasional moments of John Waters-esque weirdness and a twisted ending. Absolutely not. No. What is John Wathersy about this? The mustache. The cop's mustache. <laughs> Fair. That's the only, the only I, thing. I think that we are at a loss for this movie because Jamie said right off the bat, we have no nostalgia for this. This was this was a twist for the ages in terms of like this coming out. That to me, like this is like malignant level twist, but this is way more awful and not right if that makes sense in terms of like wildness um that's that's my personal opinion i I think that people like if people i bet you if you ask most people had seen a lot of 80s horror movies i bet you sleepaway camp would easily be in their top 10 i think a lot of what i was reading is like just that ending scene is so disturbing for people, but I'm like, but why is it disturbing? Like, what is it about Mm. this that's disturbing to you? And that's like standing out. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think part of it is like, you know, in real life, the, the actress who plays Angela was like a minor. So she was never going to be nude. Also, like they needed a male to show male nudity. And so they like super, I, I don't know if they like, no, they couldn't have superimposed her face. I think he was wearing a mask. No, I think he was wearing a mask that kind of looked like her head. Mm. Like an adult, Mm. an adult male, Mm. when you see the full body reveal Mm -hmm. is wearing a mask of her face. Ah. And it like looks weird because it's like not her face and you're only getting the close-ups of her actual face. But like, it's like, I, it just makes me question like, why you think it's weird? Like, what are you trying to say? Um, Right. Because like, but I also like, I just cannot fathom this movie in, in when it came out and like the context of it coming out, like what people thought. But again, we have no nostalgia for it. So like, I don't give a flipping who about it. (laughs) I'll also say we are recording this before we watch They Slash Them, which we're doing an mm-hmm. episode on. So you'll have already heard our They Slash Them takes. I'm curious to see if this is how transgender, um, um, gender dysmorphia, um, dysphoria, dysphoria, excuse me, gender dysphoria um, in 83. My fingers crossed They Slash Them is better. Much better. Yeah. You know, like, 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 that's my hope. So it. It just seems like they tried to do kind of a, a psycho twist moment, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it and tried to make it more new aged, and it just didn't land because yeah. of everything that we said. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. oh, okay, four S's. Go S. Oh wow! Yes, go S. I am so excited to hear your four S's. Mm. Skull scare shakes and suggestions. The talking horns four S's. <laughs> uh, the four S's are skulls, scares, shakes, and suggestions. We rank them one through ten, and then give a suggestion of what would be in a um, Walmart pack. Um, skulls is uh, you know how well it handled mental health, human behavior. Scares is how scary was it. Shakes is how much can you shake this movie off. Uh, Jamie, let's start with you. Let's run through skulls, scares, shakes, and we'll stop at suggestions for now. Cool. So for skulls, I gave it a 1.5 because um, (laughs) outside of this is how sometimes young people act at summer camp, there is nothing believable about the way that any person acts as a person. People are not being people in this movie. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. In terms of scares, I gave it a two. I don't really think that like, I mean, there's no jump scares. The scares aren't aren't too horrifying. But I would say like when you see the aftermath of the dead, like the dead body reveal, like some Mm. of them are definitely unpleasant to look at. Um, For shakes, (laughs) I, I have a range because I couldn't quite pick a number and my general range is anywhere between a four and a seven, mostly because I, I can't understand why people like this movie. Mm. And that, that idea is stuck in my head, but like the movie in and of itself, I can't wait for it to exit my brain. I'm okay with never thinking about this. I'm putting you at the 5.5 average because it's over halfway. 
but like we want to get it out. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. Uh, Nikisha, what about you? Skulls, scares, and shakes. <sighs> so uh, skulls, I gave it a two for like Jamie said, people are not peopling here, and for the 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 concepts that could have been good if the bad tropes weren't thrown in to make it awful. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'll give it a two. Scares, nothing about it was scary to me. I'll give it a one. And shakes, I'm giving it a two because I will only remember it for the conversation that we're having. Mm-hmm. That's, That's it. That's fair. <laughs> um, skulls for me is a one. I'm only giving it that because of how camp is. And uh, I thought Ricky was a really good cousin. Um, yeah. scares, I'm giving it a one. This was not scary to me at all. If anything, all the screaming and stuff like undercut how scary it was. Um, the only thing I will give it is that, that last image, just like, even without like just that green glow and like mm. the hand in the head, I'm not even talking about the penis and like, and, and that reveal aspect of it, but like, they really like, they really try to shock you at the end. Um, shakes. This is an eight for me. I did not like it, but I will never forget this movie and what it represents <laughs> and what was happening in it. Like, 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 I, like there have been Broadway shows that I absolutely hated, but it is a top three. <laughs> uh, it is a top three experience that I will never forget because of just like my disdain for it and how shocked I was <laughs> at certain things. Um, so like for that reason, this is an eight, not because it's good, but because like, yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I am speechless. I, I don't know. That, that's yes. where I am. Uh, all right. Suggestions. Let's go around. Uh, uh, Jamie, uh, you got a suggestion for us? Um, yes. Yeah, so my, I couldn't remember what it was. Uh, and I was trying to Google it based on <laughs> describing it to Brian. And then we figured out what it was. Um, the film is called Slaughter High. Um, mm. It's another like very campy, uh, 80s horror movie about um, a prank gone wrong and revenge. And I'll leave it at that. Okay, okay. Well, let's play Rotten Tomatoes game with Nikisha. Nikisha, <laughs> oh what do you think Slaughter High has on um, Rotten Tomatoes? Mm, 40%? It has a 0%, Nikisha. No way. <laughs> Obsessed. I was shocked. I've n- I don't think I've ever seen a zero. It's yeah. on two. From what I remember, it wasn't that great, but it's it is very similarly campy and like again, you know, solid slasher kills. What's it called in the again? Same vein as this. Sl- Slaughter High. Slaughter on High. Tubi. Okay. Mm-hmm. On Tubi. My dad uh, loves watching school. bad Tubi movies, so I'm going to suggest that to him. Tubi <laughs> is one of the best. Uh, Tubi and Shudder, in terms of like. They're shutter obviously because it's all horror, but like Tubi's yeah. horror selection, a plus. Hmm. Like just like weird stuff and and it's still so some good weird. stuff. So weird. So weird. Um, Nikisha, do you have any suggestions? Yeah, I would rather watch the Friday the Thirteenth remake, mm. two thousand nine, awful, awful movie, than ever suggest this movie to anybody else. So Friday the Thirteenth specifically. The 2009 remake. Um, cool. I'm going to suggest another 80s horror movie, um, Night of the Demons. Um, it's it's another movie that I think is fine. It has like very problematic things happening about it. It does some cool things in it as well. Um, there's a lot of nudity in that movie, probably more female than male. Um, uh, but it has some good practical effects and people have a ton of nostalgia for it. Um, uh, I, I liked it much better than this one. So I'll go with night of the demons. Hmm. Nice. Well, that wraps up our episode of sleepaway camp. Boy, did we have a good time talking about this good, movie. Good is relative. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm, very relative. We had a conversation. But we had a conversation. I enjoyed the conversation yeah. because when you hate something together, it just makes you feel the validation is real. Uh, so you can follow us on all social medias, the TikToks, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter at Talk Horror Pod, P-O-D. And Brian, where can they listen to us? Sure. You can listen to us wherever you get podcasts, like Apple Podcasts, like mm-hmm. Stitcher, like uh, Spotify. Spotify. Yeah, wherever you get them. And then... 
If you're listening to us, hop on over to YouTube and watch our beautiful faces. Um, uh, yeah, so we're on YouTube, Talk Hor- Talking Horror Podcast on YouTube. Subscribe there. Um, some really cool stuff there. Uh, and then obviously, like Nikisha said, there's some really nice videos on uh, TikTok. Uh, yes. Rate and review us. Five stars, please. And thank, and you. thank you, Brian. Ooh. You want to leave us with one of your mini quotes from the movie? <laughs> oh yeah, let me see. Let me see if I can find another <laughs> really good one. Um, uh, 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 oh no! Um, uh, it was an accident. Did someone say that? Uh, <laughs> worst kitchen set ever. No, I'm going to end with my favorite of all time. Um, this guy blows dead dogs. <laughs> Just the language in the eighties. You gotta love it. <laughs> no one talks like this. Thank no you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> Thanks everyone. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye.